Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampire for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. sun is going down and you know what that means. It's time for me to record another episode of my podcast, The Beautiful Dead. As always, I'm your host, Lena Nazari. If you've never been here before, easy. Just go to lenanazari.com. There's links to all my social media. There's a way to email me. You can see everything I've been up to and will be up to in the future as far as appearances goes. And there's an opportunity to sign up for my street team or also to be part of the fanged family. We're just gonna go ahead and dive right in. So this evening, my energy is brought to you by um, Bella Lugosi's Ashes, which is from the Vampire Tea Company. And no, they don't sponsor me. I'm not getting paid for this or anything, but that's what I'm drinking. I thought I would share it with you. It's delicious, by the way. It is a loose tea, so you have to put it in one of those tea balls. Um, And I do have one for, sleep, but this one is caffeinated, which is what I need at this point in time. So that's what I am drinking this evening. So uh, for those of you who have been following me for a while, you will know that um, the last six months of 2022, I had a tarot reading and I had a card for each month and I updated you guys on all of that. And then I said I was going to do it again. But here's the thing. I have a tarot deck. I do tarot I don't know why I paid someone else to do it. I don't know. So I have my trusty tarot deck here with me right now. And yes, I do have vampire tarot, but I'm going to go back to my standard OG tarot because I just like it the best. So let's go ahead. We're going to do this live on camera uh, or on mic if you're not watching me on YouTube. We have the page of wands. So we're going to say this is for January. For those of you who don't know, the page of wands is about when he's upright is about um, sort of like taking life by the by the horns and taking advantage of every opportunity that's out of there. A lot of times it's like thinking outside of the box. It's about being excited, excited and um, thinking new things, doing things in a new way while you continue to work towards your goals, but also keeping your eyes open for opportunities that are out there, which is interesting because of course, January, I went to New Orleans. That's how I started January. Um, Met a lot of great people, had a great time, and then started the YouTube channel. So that kind of lines up. So there you go. Page of Wands. I like it. So we will, um, we will keep this in our, in our mind here for January. Maybe this will apply to all of you as well. So the Page of Wands. So we'll do this again in the beginning of February. Hmm. So I have to keep my eyes open for opportunities because... It's, it's only the middle of January. There's still more to come, I believe. Especially because those of you who've been following me know I'm currently trying to get an agent for these books. So maybe that's a sign. I don't know. 
Okay, this evening, what are we talking about? I'm excited about this one. We are talking about vampires suck. So I am one of those people, I have no problem saying when I'm wrong. This one has been on my list since I started the podcast. It's been sitting in my watch list for I don't even know how long. Long enough that it used to be free, and then I ended up having to pay $3.99, or $2.99 maybe. Um, But I was determined to go ahead and do it. And I thought it was going to be terrible. I was wrong. So let's get into this. If you haven't seen it, massive spoiler alerts. Uh, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you the ending, who hooks up with who, all that stuff. So uh, massive spoiler alert. So it's on you. Let's do a summary for those of you who haven't seen it. This is, I got this off of Wikipedia and this literally tells you exactly what happens in the movie. So let's do it. Edward Sullen strips off his clothes during the St. Salvatore Festival while Becky Crane rushes to stop him. While running through a fountain, she accidentally splashes water around, causing people to party in the fountain and thus stopping Becca. In the flashback, Becca Crane moves to the Pacific Northwest town of Sporks to live with her clueless father, Sheriff Frank, after her mother starts an affair with Tiger Woods. Meanwhile, a killing spree is attributed to the Canadians, but the real perpetrators are a group of vampires usually mistaken for the black-eyed peas. Becca quickly befriends many students at her new school, including Jennifer. She is also intrigued by the mysterious and aloof Edward Sullen, whose odd behavior perplexes her during her biology class. Later, when Becca is nearly struck by a van in the school parking lot, Edward stops the vehicle by thrusting another student in its way. Becca later dreams Edward was in her room. In truth, he is, but is repulsed by the things that she does while sleeping. After much research and thought, Becca confronts Edward and tells him she thinks he is one of the Jonas brothers. Edward corrects her, saying he is a vampire, but that he only consumes animal blood. Despite the danger of being around a vampire, Becca agrees to go to prom with Edward. Later, Becca and Edward kiss passionately in her room. Becca attempts to seduce Edward into having sex, but he abstains. On Becca's birthday, Edward introduces her to his family of vampires. While unwrapping a gift, Becca gets a paper cut. Edward's brother, Jeremiah, attempts to bite her but is knocked away. To keep his family away from Becca, Edward distracts them and takes her out to the woods. He then proceeds to break up with Becca, who throws a tantrum after he leaves. Much to her expectance, Becca is attacked by three nomadic vampires, but Edward intervenes and saves her. Edward's departure leaves Becca heartbroken for months, but she's comforted by her deepening friendship with her childhood friend, Jacob White. When Becca is accosted in the woods by the nomadic vampires again, Jacob transforms into a chihuahua as his werewolf pack arrives to save her. Meanwhile, Edward has moved to Rio and is now dating Lady Gaga to get over losing Becca. He is later informed by his sister Iris via her gift of prophecy that Becca killed herself. Edward becomes depressed and decides to provoke the Zolturi, a powerful and narcissistic vampire coven into killing him by exposing himself in the sunlight in front of humans, thus exposing the existence of vampires. Iris has another vision of Becca's survival after he leaves, but is unable to warn him. 
Iris arrives at Becca's house and tells her that she has to save Edward by showing him that she is still alive. To Becca's shock, the Zalturi are currently partying at the prom due to the St. Salvatore theme. Jacob appears and demands that Becca choose between him and Edward, but just before she announces her decision, he is distracted by a cat and runs off to chase it. Upon arriving at the prom, Becca is caught between the warring factions of Edward fangirls and Jacob fangirls. She is unable to reach Edward before he exposes himself, figuratively and literally. However, twilight occurs, followed by a new moon and an eclipse, concealing Edward's vampiric nature as Becca gets him to safety. Frank arrives to check on Becca, making her hopeful. However, he thinks supernatural creatures are the prom theme and leaves. After a fight between him and the Zolturi le leader, Daro, Edward is forced to turn Becca into a vampire at risk of being killed horribly. He agrees to do so only on the condition that she marry him, which she accepts. In the mid-credit scenes, Edward is struck on the head by the leader of the Jacob fangirls. Edward survives the blow, and the girl is attacked by the newly vampirized Becca as the movie concludes. I don't think that that really did it justice, but it does give you, like, the nitty-gritty of what happens in the movie. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump to the end and tell you this is definitely worth a watch. Definitely. But we'll get to that. So some vampiric references, obviously Twilight. Pretty much the whole movie is Twilight. So this is not like scary movie where you get a bunch of different movies spoofed. This is basically Twilight with a couple things thrown in. So for example, in the beginning, a vampire is drinking True Blood. Um, the St. Salvatore Festival, I think, is a reference to the Vampire Diaries. At one point, Buffy, Bucky, Buffy I'm not going to edit that out, Buffy shows up uh, to try and help Becca. In biology class, the textbook is the Vampire Diaries. And in one of the theaters in Sporks, the band Vampire Weekend is playing. So there's some fun references, but for the most part, it's 99% Twilight. Vampiric crossovers. One of the three rogue vamps is played by Ariel, um, I'm sorry if I mispronounce this, Keeble Cabell, who is Lexi in The Vampire Diaries and also Charlene in True Blood. Uh, another one of the rogue vamps is played by Charlie Weber, who is Ben in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then the third rogue vamp is played by B.J. Britt, who's also in Vampire Diaries. So all three of the rogue vamps have been in other vampire things. And then Dave Foley is the principal in the movie, and he was the band manager in Suck, which I think I did like a year ago. Um, no supernatural crossovers. That's a first. All right. What is the vampire's relationship to humans in this? So... This is where I have to explain something to you. Normally we do a really nice universe breakdown and review. However, this is my first time doing a full on spoof and it makes it a little bit difficult because the universe doesn't have any solid rules at all. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. So I'm gonna do the best I can, but I just need to make it clear that there's, it's very hard to break down spoof a spoof universe, but we're going to go ahead and do it. So for example, it is heavily discussed that the vampires are to remain secret. That's the whole point of the Zolturi showing up. However, 
in sporks. There's vampire dentists, there's vampire businesses, vampires attacking people on the street. The school mascot is the vampire. Um, the homeless man is holding a sign that says, we'll work for blood. The prom theme is vampires. So it's interesting. So either one of two things are happening. They're portraying these town townspeople as extremely dim-witted and they're not picking up on everything. Or they're showing that the townspeople know, but they're pretending they don't know. That's what we're going to go with. Uh, appearance. The movie is pretty religious to Twilight on this one. The vamps are pale with very brightly colored irises like amber or orange or red. And of course, unbelievably good looking. I do have to give a shout out to Edward's hair because it's hysterical. Fangs. Two sharp fangs, one on each side exactly the way I like it. They are retractable. They seem to be triggered by strong emotions or the need to feed. Blood is obviously a, a thing in this. They do need blood. We get a, this wonderful parody in the birthday scene where um, Rebecca cuts her finger and Jasper tries to attack. Oh, but he's not called Jasper in this. He's called Jeremiah. Food. So a little bit different. In this, we see Edward drink a Slurpee. He eats ice cream and he drinks alcohol. So that's different from the original. In the original Twilight, the vampires don't eat food, but in this one, apparently they do. Uh, sunlight. I mean, what kind of Twilight spoof would this be if they didn't sparkle in the sunlight? There's a hysterical bit where Edward gets naked and his nether regions is a big disc ball which is hysterical and i read behind the scenes that the actor literally had it on him and that was him stripping with a disco ball on him which is hey if you're gonna do it do it a hundred percent right so sleep uh it is mentioned to becca on the first day that the sullens sleep in coffins so we know that Holy items are never referenced. The rules. So again, this is what I mean about not being able to like fully break down the universe because it's a spoof. It's really, really over the top. It doesn't really stick to the rules at all. We know that the vampires are not supposed to reveal themselves um, because that's the whole reason the Zalturi shows. Um, and we know that they can turn children because there is a little girl vampire in the beginning. So that is something we see in a lot of universes that... One of the things you do not do is turn children. However, in what we do in the shadows and in this one, we see a child vampire. So that's not a rule. Powers. The Alice character, who I believe is called Iris in this one, uh, does have the power of visions, just like in the original. It is explained that not all vampires have powers. All of the vampires are fast and strong and can heal wounds very quickly. Edward is able to sort of send his essence to Becca when she's in danger. We see this in the original and we see it in the spoof. I guess we'll call that astral projection. Um, but he is able to do that. Uh, let's see. How are they made? Uh, there is a toxin in the saliva of the vamp that turns the humans rather quickly. So after being bit, if the human is not dead... They, you would have to suck the venom out or the human will turn. So that was the same in the original as in the spoof as far as how they're made. How do they die? Uh, the one vampire that we see killed is beheaded. Edward gets a spike to the side of his head and survives. So the only thing we know for sure is beheading. However, when the Buffy character shows up and says that she's there to help, she has a stake. 
So she's a hunter. We can assume she knows how to kill these vampires. So we can assume a staking will work, but we never see it. Heartbeat or breathing. We know that their skin is cold, but they don't address heartbeats or breathing in this version. Tropes I love and tropes I hate. <laughs> for those of you who have listened to me for a while, you know that I have a love-hate relationship with the trope of the human cutting their finger, cutting their hand, and the vampire reacts and has to hide their reaction or hold back. Um, for this one, it was a love. I loved the way that they did it here. It was so over the top. Um, it was dramatic. The blood was dramatically squirting out of her, which was hilarious. It made me chuckle. Tropes I hate. There it is. Hissing. Lots of hissing. Lots of hissing. Um, so for those of you watching the YouTube video, obviously I add the hiss later on. So you're going to see this unedited. Um, I understand the reason they're doing it. It's a spoof. So how can you really judge the ridiculousness of it? But there's a lot of hissing in the movie. And it, after a while I was like, huh, but it works because the whole point of spoofs is to call out and make fun of tropes. So with this, you can't even be mad that they're doing it because that's the whole, the whole point is that they're calling out tropes. Are they good or are they bad? We've talked about this. I don't know how many times in this podcast, uh, these vampires can choose to be good or to be bad. The Sullens, as we know, um, don't hurt humans. They feed off of animals, donate blood, whatever. Um, but the, the rogue vampires uh, are the ones that we do see attack humans. So clearly they are meant to be bad. Uh, so the usual, they can choose if they're going to be good or bad. Again, for those of you watching the YouTube video, this is where I will now add music. And uh, we are going to talk about everybody's favorite, the ratings. How scary or evil... Are the vampires of Vampires Suck? I mean, these vampires are far from scary, but we do know that I like to be analytical. I like to be serious about these ratings. So let's break it down. Edward is able to decapitate another vampire with a swing of a baseball bat. That is extreme strength. We do know they are very fast. All of the vampires, except the Sullens, kill without remorse or mercy. So not too good for humans, right? Um, the law enforcement in town is extremely unhelpful. So this means the humans are pretty much on their own. There's no one protecting them. For the most part, it seems like the vampires do travel in groups. Also a problem for their prey. By my calculations, that means these vampires earned a 3.75 out of 10 stakes to the heart for how scary and evil they truly are. How sexy or alluring are the vampires of Vampires Suck? Again, my knee-jerk response is to say they're not sexy at all. But let's do this right. They are attractive people, so there's, there's a point. We know that they all get an honorary point for being undead. That's how this podcast works. Immediate honorary point for being vampires. That's two. Uh, when we first meet the sullen siblings in the high school cafeteria, the couples are all making out. So obviously they're very sexual. 
To the contrary, the bedroom scene with Becca and Edward is extremely awkward, and it's clear that he is not interested in sex at all. So when we do all of this, when we look at all of this together, that gives the vampires of Vampire Suck a 2.5 onks for sexiness and allure. Don't blame me. It's This is calculations that it is what it is. All right, my thoughts. So the timing worked out that Eclipse was coming out the same year that this movie came out. And this one has a meta quality to it because they do reference Stephanie Meyer's Twitter and all the girls in the movie are going to see Eclipse in the movie theater. And there's a hysterical bit where they're coming out and they ruin it for all the people in line. Uh, it is a typical spoof. It's lots of slapstick humor, lots of sex jokes. Like I said, one of the things I love about spoofs is that the ridiculous tropes are called out. They're usually verbalized and that does happen in this a lot. The girl who plays Becca has Kristen Stewart's mannerisms down to a T, which is very funny. The costumes are dead on. See what I did there? Lots of vampire jokes, which you know I appreciate. Jacob is played like a pathetic boy in love with um, someone that he'll never have, and it's perfect. It's perfect. I, again, had this on my watch list for such a long time. I thought it was going to be hard to watch. I thought it was going to be one of those movies that I had to force myself to finish to be able to talk to you guys about it. Imagine my surprise when the movie finished and I wished it had kept going. I could have watched it for another hour. Uh, I wish there had been more of the Sullens. We really only see just a tiny bit of the Sullens. Obviously a lot of Edward, but... I would love to have seen more of the Sullens. The siblings are fantastic. I actually laughed out loud multiple times, but here are some of my favorite moments. When Becca asks Jacob, why are you taking off your shirt? He said, because the contract says that I have to get shirtless for every 10 minutes of screen time, <laughs> which was, I laughed out loud. The Sullen family hosting a blood drive at the high school, very funny. The Team Edward and Team Jacob girls fighting each other was hysterical. Buffy getting maced, hysterical. Uh, when Becca is doing dangerous things to get Edward to come back to her, one of the things she's doing is drinking milk even though she's lactose intolerant, which as somebody who understands that, again, made me laugh out loud. And then when Jacob has his long hair, dips off camera, dips back on and has short hair and nobody ever explains it, that made me laugh out loud. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but I will absolutely recommend it to people. If you love vampires and you want to laugh, this is one to watch. Uh, even people who love Twilight love this spoof. So I happen to know a young lady who loves Twilight and loved the spoof. So it's not like it's going to offend you if you're a big Twilight fan. Um, that being said, not a Twilight fan. You all know this. And um, I wish that it could, because the last two movies hadn't been out yet, they were not included in the spoof. So I would love to see a Vampire Suck 2 that includes the last two movies. Um, Ken, uh, is it Ken Jung? Oh, I'm so sorry if I messed up your name, but um, he is in a lot of comedies and he plays the head of the Volturi in this and he is hilarious. 
So definitely, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Even though I've told you so much about it, you'll probably still laugh out loud. So that is it. That is the first review of 2023. What a great way to start. I needed this laugh, definitely. Uh, next week will be a serious one, I promise you. Uh, if you want to know which movies or TV shows I am covering before episodes drop, join my Fanged family on the website. I do tell you at the end of the episode what the next one will be, but the Fanged family, they get to see like a month in advance, so it gives you a little extra time. Next week will be, ready, Dracula Untold. I'm going to go back and watch it. I've been doing a lot of research about what was supposed to happen with Dracula Untold. It was supposed to be the beginning of the Universal Monsters coming back. We all know how the mummy went with Tom Cruise. Pretty sure that's the one that screwed it for everybody. But um, I also was watching Luke Evans do an interview and I thought, you know, I need to go back and watch that one again. So that is what I will be doing next week. Dracula Untold. And again, if you want to know what I'm going to be doing for the next month so you have time to find these things and watch them prior to me talking about them, you have to join my Fanged family. They, I, I'm not going to just give it to you because then they're not special and they are definitely special. Speaking of special, my street team, not only, oh, hello, we got some more clickety clocks as she decided she just had to run out of the room. Uh, speaking of special... My street team, they get swag when they meet me at cons, um, but they also get postcards from me whenever I go anywhere. So they all just got postcards from New Orleans. So if you want to get stuff from me, uh, join my street team. What am I asking from you when you join my street team? I'm just asking that you get out there, you tell people about the books, tell people about the podcast, the YouTube channel, all of that stuff. Um, promote, promote it on social media, you know, just tell your friends. It's it's really, it helps me so much and I so appreciate it, but I'm not asking a lot and I do love these people. So go join my street team if you'd like to help me out. I'm going to wrap it up. I think that was a pretty nice little episode. You know, it's hard to do spoofs. There's not a lot to talk about, but we had some fun. I had some Bella Lugosi's ashes, which is delicious. We pulled our tarot card, so that was very exciting. And that's it for me this evening. I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.